Either that or it's just going to be just like that game you played as a kid. You slap and possibly get hit by marbles or metal bearings. Excuse me, because it was a boys game. No marbles. You get metal bearings. Yeah, I, I don't remember. Ritfire? Something crossfire. Like that crossfire. Oh, yeah, it was Crossfire. Crossfire! Oh, my God. You'll be caught in the... Oh, my God. Crossfire! <laughs> Christ, now I gotta just see gave it. me a nom flashback. <laughs> there are good movies and there are great movies. But that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. Shiver me timbers. <laughs> we are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find, centered around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay, and I'm joined by Dave, Ella, and Casey. I must visit that shop when I have more time next time. <laughs> Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. What's this month's theme, Dave? No, Casey reminded me of the shitty movie's bad delivery, and now I'm sad. <laughs> this month, I hope you're not too heavily invested in Hollywood, because our theme is block blisters. The bigger the, the, bigger the loss, the more we're into it this month, baby. We're looking for the, the movie that was supposed to be the next big thing, and then just absolutely lost it at the box office. Last week, pretty strong contender from Jay with the A-Team. Thank you, thank you. I'm disappointed in people not showing up for that movie. Yeah, I shame agree. on all of you. Shame Agreed. on all of you, that including so myself fun. in 2010 yeah, you know. or whenever the fuck right. that was made. Why? I want a sequel. If we're if we can get 31 plus whatever Marvel movies, we can get another A team. That's all right. I'm saying. Please, please. Casey, this week it was your turn at the plate. What did you bring for us? Or should I say, your turn to? Walk the plank. Oh. No, I don't get it. Get ready to get wet. We watched 1995's Cutthroat Island. Yeah, I said it. I, I, uh, it's that was weird. Entendre. Yeah. Starring Gina Davis and Matthew Modine. This was a movie. Yeah. Was it? This was a movie. If you like pirate movies, this was certainly another one. <laughs> yes, I feel like you guys liked this as children, if you yeah, had yeah, seen definitely. it. I did, yes, yeah, I did like this movie. Correct. I'd never seen this film. I think I would have fucking loved it. Casey, if the audience is going to understand our take on Cutthroat Island, we're going to need an elevator pitch where you sell us on this movie in 10 seconds or less. Here's your setup. You just read the script to Cutthroat Island, and you are standing at the end of the plank, and you have to decide whether you're going to jump off the plank or choose to act in this movie. In the 10 seconds before you throw the papers at back at the people and dive into the shark-infested water, sell us on this movie. Gina Davis's messy family drama gets her mommy milkers chased all over the Caribbean by Uncle Skeletor. Imagine what pirates could have been if it had charm? Eight seconds. <clears throat> um. Yeah, that's some Pirates of the Caribbean ch fucking shade. Yeah, I'm I, brave. I caught that. I caught I'm that. brave enough to say it. That, Eight years <laughs> later, we get Pirates of the Caribbean. Eight years later. That's accurate to only, like, <gasps> what? How many did they make? Six? Five, six of them. All of them. 
Gina Davis plays Morgan Adams, a swashbuckling pirate that inherited part of a map from her pirate father. Inherited is a strange way of putting scalped her own father to get his tattooed map, but okay. Um, she shaved him too. Correct. Dave, you'll understand one day. The other two parts of the map are held by her uncles, Mordecai and Dog. Looking for a Latin translator to interpret the map, Morgan stops at Port Royal, Jamaica, and purchases a slave called Shaw. I'm going to have my will reading be right before the funeral. It's just a video (laughs) of me going, everything I own is hidden in a secret location, and it all goes to whoever's got the balls to go shave and scalp my corpse right now. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you think I always cut my hair long? Go, suckers! See, Shaw's a thief and also a fake doctor. Morgan's recognized after the purchase of Shaw, and the two of them barely make it back to their ship. The governor gets really upset and offers a solid 200 bucks for her capture, which, like, come on. I know it's the 1700s, but a really dangerous pirate and you're only going to slip me two Benjamins? This is a lot of work, man. Yeah, that feels cheap. I think maybe partially because she's a woman, you know what I mean? Yeah, but she's you a captain be able to catch now. A I gotta get through she's a whole ship's a worth of pirates to get to her. So when you consider the she's... like per head cost, this is gonna be really cheap for them. She's also, slippery this... like an eel. Yeah, this is right after she slipped through the entire city's basically the entire city guard and the navy trying to stop her from leaving the city, and she was like, nah, and instead they destroyed their own city. Yeah, okay, because that we we gotta talk about that. Because okay. I have a separate theory about an independent terrorist attack. Morgan and crew find her uncle Mordecai moments before Dog arrives for the family reunion. Then Dog reunites his sword into Mordecai's gut. Aww. Bad dog. While everyone else is fighting, Mordecai crawls to a barrel of fish and grabs what turns out to be his wooden map fragment. Shaw catches this and relieves the corpse of the map fragment. Back aboard the ship, Shaw pretends like he doesn't have the map and also tries to use removing a bullet from Morgan as an excuse for some sexy time. Sneaky Mm. creepy. Yeah. Girl. I don't don't like it. Pay attention to those signs. (laughs) (laughs) Morgan finally realizes how to interpret her map fragment and gets the the longitude, the latitude, the northy-southy one. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Who cares? Morgan Morgan figures out that it's got to be somewhere right through a, a whole chain of islands. Heading toward the island with Dog in hot pursuit, Morgan decides to sail right through a massive storm that is just battering the ship. And whoa! Is the crew mad? Yeah, really Shaw gets mad. thrown in the brig, and Morgan, along with her closest mates, are given a longboat in the storm. I, see, I just kill me. At least man. they were given something. No, I just I want to just kill me. Right. It, yeah, did you see you. that storm? Now you're just making me row and die. I'd rather just <laughs> die. <laughs> right. Right. Fortunately though, Dave, this is a swashbuckling movie. So while their longboat does get wrecked on some rocks, the storm clears and voila, cutthroat island, baby. So while Morgan and crew decide to ad lib treasure find, Dog and the governor of Jamaica arrive on the island. See, they've joined forces because the governor thinks Dog is going to be fine as a lackey, and Dog is just waiting for his chance to kill the son of a bitch because he's the only character with a functioning brain in this fucking movie. 
Hey, 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 what about the monkey? Mm, okay. Ew. Yeah. The monkey uh, The monkey has above average intelligence. Yeah, but it can't <laughs> fake a smile. All those smiles were soulless. Franklin Jellas <laughs> were real. Showing emotional intelligence. Are monkeys that smart? No. Next question. All right. Well, it turns out that Shaw had escaped too. In the middle of the night, he steals Dog's map that conveniently has the location of the treasure. After falling into quicksand, he reconciles with Morgan, and together, they find the treasure. It's a fuck ton of gold. After Shaw gets captured, all the gold is easily moved to Dog's ship off screen somehow. Don't ask questions. Morgan, presumed dead, manages to take her ship back and moves to overtake Dog. Dog notices this, and as the character with a functioning brain in the film he is, he has Shaw prematurely hung to trigger Morgan. That draws out Morgan and her crew, and they engage with the ship and start boarding them. It's a pirate brawl! Woo! I love the guys who are just, like, standing at the railing, shaking their sabers. Yeah, yeah. Like, well ah, we're gonna get yeah. They're Intimidation. <laughs> you know, it's very artful. Being a pirate is also part performance. Morgan defeats Dog in Mortal Kombat with a slick finishing move and then rescues Shaw. Because, see, Shaw was trying to get some of the gold before he got pinned against a beam by the very gold that he was trying to get. Oh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Morgan saves Shaw and they barely escape as the ship explodes. Like they dive off into the water as the ship is just blowing into pieces. Did Shaw laments. get hit a little bit, it looks like, or would. Yeah, it didn't look like they were clear, but whatever. Anyway, they're in the water. Shaw laments the loss of the treasure and is just sad, but he's like, you know, at least I got you, Morgan. And then Morgan swims over to the barrel that she tied to the treasure so that they could retrieve it and is like, oh yeah, oh yeah, we'll check it out. This single barrel attached to all that heavy gold is floating it right here. Ropes are bomb-proof. <laughs> Bet you didn't know that. So somehow they pulled the $4 million worth of gold out of the water. Again, it's off screen. Don't ask questions. Don't worry about it. Pulleys! Yeah. They splay it all out on the ship and Morgan encourages everyone to sail to Africa with her and do more pirating instead of, you know, not doing that and retiring with their <laughs> share and living in luxury forever. Yeah, but Dave, if you love what you do, do you really work a day in your life? It's true. The movie. All right, so I've got a I've got a question about how this movie ends. Oh, okay. So uh so our our lead Morgan Adams splays out all the gold on the ship and she's like, "Hey, check this out, guys. We can divvy it up and all retire or we can sail to Madagascar, which is in Africa, and continue pirating." And everybody says, uh, let, let's do that second one. And were, did they immediately set course for Africa? No, they would have to go stop at a port, stock mm, they up. They would, but did they? Yeah. I don't think, the way she's talking at the end of this movie, I think that gold's just up for grabs again. We're going to eat it. <laughs> All the way to Africa. Maybe some of those... Gold doubloons are actually some of those golden chocolates. <gasps> oh, yum. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Maybe some of them are like the little Baybel cheeses. You mean like a cheese and chocolate? 
I don't know, Dave. I don't think anybody was thinking that far out from Throat Island. That's, I mean, okay. I yeah. guess at least it was made in the era before that we thought everything needed a fucking sequel. That's true. It's it is a pretty tight ending as far as those things go. They kill the bad guy. There's like what, maybe another six to eight minutes of runtime while everybody looks at what they got and says, hooray. And then it literally says the end and rolls credits and you don't have to wait around. I respect that ending. You know, I like that. I like an abrupt ending to a film. <laughs> okay, bye. It's like when you get the clean pinch with a, a dangle poo. You're like, gotcha. okay. All right. Like, yeah, I, this is all done and you can stand up and move on now. Honestly, my problem at the end, Dave, was more the battle that led up to it. Specifically, the two ships that sit side by side and fire at stormtroop quality from point fucking blank at each other. Yeah. Okay, so I had questions about that because (laughs) I don't know much about guns or ships or the 1700s. Uh So are they either like not firing hard enough for them to hit the other ship? Or what? What is happening? Are they hitting cannonballs midair? And like, <laughs> how are those ships not Swiss cheese? Yeah, they. It's in. It's a really interesting ship battle because they they're firing off all of the cannons and they're all shooting their guns at each other and waving their sabers and blah blah blah. And we see shots of the cannons hitting shit and people getting shot. But yeah. it's like a video game that just keeps spawning in more shit until you get to the right cutscene. Nothing's actually done permanently. There's like fires too. Like there's there's like men on fire and like sh- and then right after the shooting stops, everybody's like ship is clean. They're the standing up people are standing and all clean again. Like it's very bizarre. I the amount like- of chaos in this film. With right. no damage, no lasting damage. I feel like we should have had two sunk ships. Yeah, yeah. I I imagine everybody was going home on a longboat, <laughs> getting a new ship, and then coming back to the marker barrel. Yeah, I think they kind of screwed it up by having their ships be so close at the start of their battle. Versus, you know, normally you want pirate ship battles to start a little further out so that you can kind of justify a few more missed shots. But this was all point blank range. With like no motion. They're just sitting next to each other. And they have a lot of cannons. Like this should have done work, man. Two stories of cannons. And they fire them how many times? There's a half dozen shots of them firing from each side. I I would say at least 20 times each ship. Okay, counter-argument, though. This was an exorbitantly expensive pirate movie, and they spent a lot of that money on just, yes, needless and stupid, but awesome pirate shots. (laughs) You know they actually built those ships? Seriously? Yes. Oh, my Uh, God, that's so dumb, and I love it. That's a practical... When you see those ships firing at each other, that's an actual shot. It's sitting on, like, an infinity pool from where they film it, so that's why it looks like it's the ocean. And they actually had these two big old ships that they built that close to each other, which is why they're that close to each other and don't move. Brilliant. I, okay. I, I, 
before we shit all over everything else, I do want to say there were some very talented people working on a lot of the special effects and models and the, the, the work that went into this movie. And it's very clear that they spent a lot of money and sometimes got their money's worth. I'm going to argue, I'm going to push that a little bit further and say, I don't really think this is a bad movie. I second what? guess bringing it because I'm like, I don't think what? this deserves oh, to be here. Come Ooh. on. That's a bold take. That is a spicy take. This early in the recording, nonetheless. Yes. This early in the episode case, you're going to commit to a spicy ass take like that? Oh, I can, I can add a little more if you want. Yeah, please. Yeah, I yeah. think this film is absolutely better than all of the fucking Pirates of the Caribbean movies with Johnny Depp. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's fucking overrated. He's wow. not a good actor. What about? The, okay. Wow. But wait, what about the Pirates of the Caribbeans that he's not in? I'm, I'm kidding. No Those one else like has seen them either. Nobody <laughs> has seen it. Who knows? What does the dark side of the moon look like? Ask China. I didn't watch it. I okay. I will say this movie is better than some of the Pirates of the Caribbeans. Sure, but that is not hard. Cutthroat Island feels like they made a pirate movie and they put all the right pieces in there, but they didn't know why they were supposed to be there. So yes. while they're very competently made, they're just made wrong. <laughs> what do you mean? Okay, so let me, the perfect example of this for me is the opening chase sequence when they're escaping the auction where yeah. she buys Shaw. There's a stunt where Morgan Adams jumps out of the wagon uh, onto a roof through a business and then back into the wagon on the other side of it. And all of those individual shots are really well made, but they fail to really zoom out and show you the impressiveness of it. So they're just individual pieces. And it's not impressive at all when it's done. The, okay. the shot of her landing on the carriage is quite good, and it, it is impressive in and of itself. But yeah. the overall sequence has no cohesion. Yeah, they just they don't connect to each other to like really impress you with the stunt work that's going on of it. Counterpoint, right. if they zoomed out, you wouldn't be so far zoomed in into Gina Davis's immaculate titty game in a corset doing all of these stunts. Her boobs were everywhere all at once. Yeah, I don't Everything know what everywhere Queen all Victoria's at once. Secrets she was going to, but it was working. <laughs> her boobs should have got their own casting in this movie. They should have got their own credits. Agreed. Agreed. Bravo to the costume designer. And she does a lot of action. She apparently uh, was on some talk shows about some cuts and bruises she got. But she does it, and she does decently well with some of her stunts. Yeah. You know, for someone Gina doing all their own Davis stunts, Davis is a boss-ass bitch. Oh, Gina yeah. Davis. There is a lot of, like, really kind of well-thought-out action set pieces in this movie and, uh, and some not-so-good stunts swaps out for stunt doubles especially in the dive off of the ship when there's a huge explosion yeah that guy's a good diver yeah, yeah. great diver yeah. and is very oh much, man the diver and is very much not the guy we've been watching up to this point but that's yeah fine. it's cool 
But yeah, all of the all of the characters in this movie, all of the action pieces in this movie, even most of the like plot beats of it just felt like somebody going, what would happen next in a pirate movie? <laughs> that I I agree with you, Dave, because one of the things I love so I love the idea of having the three separate map pieces. I think that the <laughs> idea of them all being on a different medium could have been really interesting had they used it in some creative way, but it just happened to be like Haha, they're all on a different thing. And so like that's another element of this film that the the microcosm pieces are all like, "Oh, this is great. Um this is great swashbuckling pirate shit, but how does it fit together to tell us a cool pirate story?" Yeah, and also if you're going to do that thing where the the map is split into three parts and held by three brothers and on different sort of mediums, maybe don't make one of them the main character's father's scalp and then don't have her be <laughs> remarkably chill about carrying that around for the rest of the film. Oh, That's yeah. what I loved about this movie because she's a true pirate. <laughs> like. They would have tried to have like a humanization arc in fucking pirates like, oh, you know, like he never got along with his dad, but he never wanted to end like this, but he's still helping him out in the end. No, fuck that. Gina Davis just like got cream. Really? Yeah. Like her father dies in her arms <laughs> at the start of yeah. the film. There's yep. like two lines of dialogue where she's like, oh, no. And then the and rest she's just of the- drinking yeah. a bunch. She's yeah. in mourning. She drinks yeah. a then bunch. Pours. Cream. She pours she- one out for her homie. She drinks a bunch for morning, and then the rest of the film is just her slapping down her father's scalp and going, you know what it is. Move on from it. Anyways. Flake free since 1703. We got it. Tell me, do you know where this river is? Shit. But before we completely move on from the silly argument we've had, one area where I... I'm not going to say all most of the pirates of the Caribbean's beat the shit out of cutthroat Island is having actual goddamn villains that get shown being villains and time to be villainous. Is it dog time? Is it time to talk about dog? I dog and I, and, and I, and the guy whose name I don't even remember the governor Ainsley. Sure. Whatever. It's Ainsley. Yeah. But the governor, the governor of Jamaica governor sucks a lot dog. He's got that dog in him. Frank oh, Langella, yeah. fucking Skeletor. Yeah. Yes. Hot take. Maybe this is not a hot take. He chews through the scenery in every scene. Yes. This man is having a blast and is killing it and is genuinely fucking terrifying as a pirate. If Frank Langella grabbed me by the face and forcefully was telling me what I was about to do, I'd be shitting my pants and wondering how I was going to do it with shit in my pants. <laughs> I would never ask him anything as a manager. He's <laughs> he's scary. He's charismatic. Oh, yeah. yes. You don't know if he might rape his niece. He never really says one way or the other. You never feel safe around him. Like He's like, oh, what a, he's creepy. Right. You're right, Case. You don't feel safe around him because I love that they show him going to chase after Morgan and being like, why the fuck isn't my shit moving? Go make it fucking move. And some guy's like, ah, but we don't have enough food. And he goes, all right, pulls his gun out, shoots him and goes, now we have less mouse. Problem solved. Why the fuck isn't my shit moving? And it's just so fucking incredible. He was really- Skeletor. 
he was really good casting for this. And there are a few scenes like that when they really let him show off and kind of breathe as the character. A, a smaller one that I enjoyed is when he's on the ship with the governor of Jamaica and yes. and his henchman's like, why have you not murdered this dickbag yet? <laughs> And he says something to the effect of, eh, one day I'm going to be the governor of Jamaica and I need to learn how to be a dickbag like him and starts rehearsing how to say things in the pretentious British accent. Trotter. Trotter. Yes. It's a really fun character moment. But there are, yeah, but there are like three of those. I would say the second one is when he's on the ship as they're shooting at each other and everything's on fire and they're bored and it's total chaos. And he just yells up to the sky smiling. I love this. I love it. <laughs> and he's just so happy. Yeah. Yeah. I, when his, uh, when he is holding a sword up to Mordecai, his brother, and is threatening him, trying to get him to tell him where the map is. And the guy runs into, um, into dogs so that dogs jams his sword into Mordecai and then he turns and is like, you killed my brother. That's also a fantastic moment. Oh, my God. I hated that. That was like the Simpsons. Serious? I'm going to swing what? my arms and if you get hit. But no, like, I scaled up that. with a sword. It's so perfect for his. I mean, this is this malicious character that this pirate that everything is is his. He's trying to break with his will. I think you're uh, you're watching the scene in your head and not the scene on the movie because the scene oh, in no, the movie no, no. was just... staged so severely. He's <laughs> he's a petty queen of like I wasn't ready to kill him yet. I still had two more questions. Fuck you. Only I kill my brother. We're family. Yeah. But I okay. So we had to eventually somehow re- get him dead so we could reveal that his map fragment was hidden in the barrel of gross fish, which great hiding location. Nobody's yeah. looking in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, and it's not just gross fish. It's like giant fucking eels. Yeah, bitey eels. And that was a good surprising twist because they linger on that for a moment, but I thought it was for the shock value more and to sort of give you a set and setting of where you were at. And then when they come back to the broken barrel and it turns out to be the storage location of the map, I thought that was quite clever. I mm, see this is where I say that like some parts of this movie were really competently made to the point that it's frustrating because they do do a really good job of showing you shit as they go through when she ties the barrel to the gold. So they have a marker for it. Sure. They don't explain how she's hauling all this gold out of it, but they're establishing how she's keeping track of it. When uh, somebody's like hiding a knife on their person, they do a really good job of establishing these shots and showing you all of this as it goes through and they just but then they just kind of fail at i don't know making me give a shit about why they're doing any of it i think that's probably the core issue yeah like the our main character is fighting against her evil uncle who killed her father and her other uncle accidentally and i don't care at all no not at all i mean i'm mostly in dog's corner if i can be honest with you that's just because you love Frank. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> I don't know whose corner I'm. I'm I'm going to end up in Gina Davis's corner, but that's admittedly largely the push-up bra talking. Whip me. <laughs> Whip me. <laughs> okay, let's let's talk about Gina Davis because this is supposed to be the effort to launch her into being an action star. It's obviously a failure. I 
think that she would have. I've been thinking about this, right? I think that the way to make Gina Davis an action star is to make her Danny Ocean. She needs to, when she's being smarmy and clever, she kills it. And the, she only gets like two moments of that in the film. But when, or maybe three or four. But when she is being smarmy and clever, like when she's, when she's bidding on Shaw and she, she comes over with the grin and sticks a knife in the guy and tells him to go fuck off before she kills him. Like that. Or when she's doing planning, that stuff worked really well. And if we would have had a more Danny Ocean style instead of her being in the action and trying to be like a fucking do-it-all James Bondish style character. Okay, but this movie's for families, which means kids, which means short attention spans. So we got to have more explosions, less smarm. More those ginormous jugs bouncing at you. <laughs> it's a 3D film. There are a couple of shots in this movie that almost look like I was supposed to be wearing 3D glasses, but that was just a shitty encoding. Fair. All right, Casey. We have a bit of a disagreement. So I think that William Shaw looks like Discount Cariella. Um, I think William Shaw looks like Papa. <laughs> it's Papa and Stranger Things, you dirt balls. Yeah, I would risk chlamydia for it though. He was working for me. He was yeah. working for me. I have a, I've got that type though. Yeah, that's fair. You do like him blonde and dumb sometimes. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I, Wait a second. I definitely, <laughs> I definitely got the, uh, the Carrie Elwes vibe. I like. I thought this felt like. Cariel was playing a discount Francis Drake. Um, I didn't really love the character. Um, he felt he, I don't know. It's another one of those ones where it felt like they just kind of took a bunch of random pirate movie parts and slapped him onto somebody. There, there just like, wasn't a whole lot of skills that he didn't have. He was a very skilled thief, although he kept getting caught. Um, and was competent and confident and talked his way into just about anything. I don't know. I, 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 I'm with you, Dave. I wanted to like him as a character, but, uh, I liked him because he stayed out of her way. He did. There's so many times there's the male characters to a strong female character that have to do everything for them or save them. He really didn't save her very much, not in like battle like she was clearly the better better fighter and the better everything else and the boober. But <laughs> I think he stayed in his lane and he wasn't instantly like loyal to her either. He was trying to fuck her out of that treasure, you yep. know? Yeah, he, was, he was a slimy bitch that was kept trying to take off with the maps and I kind of respect it as a character right. trait. It yeah. was fun. He's not immediately like, oh, my God, this woman's incredible. He's just like, huh, I keep trying to fuck her over, and he st she's stopping. This is weird. You know what it is, Case, is he did stay in his lane, but also he didn't really help out in any narratively significant ways. He was bought because he speaks Latin, but then they went, oh, wait, it's not Latin. It's just backwards writing. <laughs> yeah. So that didn't help. He does help by stealing the map from Dog at the end. That's true. He he steals Dog's map and, and finding it over the to other the map from uh, Mordecai. Yeah, I guess he just kind of comes across as more of a plot device than a character. Oh. 
good. I guess at times he That's how is. significant others should be in movies. I'm not here about that. You know what I mean? Like it'd just be better if he wasn't. If they would have dropped the romance plot entirely, none of that needed to be happened. It was not necessary. It I'm didn't sorry. Add anything to the fucking movie. Two people that are that good looking on a boat. They fucking. <laughs> so let's not beat around the bush. Also, it's a family movie. So this is for the older teens. True. Slowing it down. Purple Chamber of Gold. Maybe mom and dad trying to get horny. I mean, at the end of the movie, she does say, and you, Mr. Shaw, I want to see in my cabins right now. Honka, honka. Yeah. That's true. I assumed they were going to go play Parcheesi. And he fingered her bullet hole, like Dave said earlier. He did finger her bullet hole. He did finger her bullet hole, yeah. But also, Jay, I totally agree that we could have cut all of his character out, had her find one prisoner who spoke Latin, and just show them the map, and they go, that's not Latin, that's backwards English. And she goes, oh shit, you're right. And then does the rest of his part by herself for the rest of the movie. And then... Instead of all the time we're spending following these two, we have some time left over to actually go back and follow Dog and our villains and actually have them, like, develop. Yes! Yes! Now that's the cutthroat island I want to see, where we get to cut over to Dog doing some fucking villainous pirate shit and talking some trash and going through some adventures as well. Yeah. Okay, but if everybody had it their way, this would be 90% Franklin Jella or higher. 90% or higher. But, I, okay, an argument I once heard. When's the last time anyone quoted Harry Potter or Luke Skywalker? Not the movies they're in. Those characters directly. You don't I, because they suck. I just tried to think of a Luke Skywalker quote. I, I, yeah. I, <laughs> that's not true. That's I got impossible. One. <laughs> no! <laughs> I say that one a lot. That's Anakin, though. <clears throat> no, no, it's Luke when his hand gets yeah, cut Luke off. Oh, okay, cut off that, that, yeah. that's fair. But yeah. Yeah, Fucking fake ass fanboy. Fuck our heroes. It's the villains that make us want to watch these adventure movies and see them lose. But for that to happen, we need time to actually see them be villainous. Yeah, I honestly, I don't even really hate Matthew Modine as William Shaw. I can't muster up that much emotion. He's Doctor William Shaw. Doctor William Shaw. <laughs> He's mostly fine as that just sort of, like, generic rapscallion character. Agreed. I wish I could argue unbiasedly, but I cannot be unbiased with Matthew or Dr. William Shaw in a blouse looking all sun-kissed with his little hair and his mustache and shit. (laughs) I can't. I want to argue, but it... It's not coming from a genuine place. Maybe. What about when he was know. wearing the wig and all the makeup foundation, that some blush, some lipstick? I was not into. Okay. And I'm glad. Okay. Sorry. I, I know we're so off topic tonight, but while you're bringing up the <laughs> wig. Sorry. I also, sorry. I also want to just g- kind of touch back onto why this movie is better than Pirates of the Caribbean because they were brave enough to show the ugly hair, the bad wigs, and the oh, bad makeup. Yeah. They always try to, like, modernize it so it makes people more attractive-ish, except the the characters we don't want to be. But Gina Davis, she did that, like, weird long piece in the front and, like, curls out on the side. So, like, structurally it kind of looks like a bald-headed dude with puffy hair. 
Not an attractive look on anyone, and they did it. Also, the men's wigs were fucking terrible. terrible. I loved it. I know. I love. So it, it's a good thing they were not yeah. worried about anyone looking attractive. <laughs> I mean, I I still don't know that anyone was in any way accurate. I think this may just be terrible '90s that we were instead of better looking. No, that I've seen that hair in like paintings and shit. It's not a good look. Which, okay, is one of the complaints that I do have with this movie, which is a really minor one, but when she's at the auction buying William Shaw, some guards see a wanted poster for her, Morgan Adams, on a wall, and go, oh, hey, that's her over there. And it absolutely is not. It is like, that is is 40% of all women who exist. (laughs) Because it is the most, there's like six lines in this picture of her. Yeah. Accurate. It's better to kill him and ask questions later. Oh, uh, I guess I I was so mad at that. Oh my god, I I'm going absolutely not. Ab- that 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 is that is a ton of women or no woman. There's not enough detail there no. for you to differentiate That's that between every like woman. sixty. Right. No. Right. And, and again. You could have actually solved this with the scenes that you already put in the movie. Have the guy who just got stabbed in the ass by her run away and report it. And then they talk to him, look at the poster, look at her and connect the dots. And just that one extra piece of evidence is enough and it's fine and we can move on. I heard her slave call her captain. Yeah, sure. Uh Oh, oh, sure. Oh, maybe. Fine. Whatever. Just give me one more thing. Than this terrible, like, sketch art. But, David, also, we got a guy shot out of the crow's nest from, like, a hundred yards away. Yeah, on the so, water. I mean, on the water. On a boat. Two boats, one bullet. I uh, mean, yeah, but also, this is a dumb adventure movie, so I don't care. Sure. <laughs> it's that supposed man. to be swashbuckling. Yeah. They're just kind of broad swash- strokes. Swash- broad strokes. Swashbuckling. Swashbuckling. Okay. I actually loved that. It's another one that we, we needed one more scene for it because uh, Morgan originally lines up her shot as Shaw's about to be hung. And then looks back at her crew behind her and realizes, like, if I take this shot to save Shaw, I'm putting all of my crew in danger. And she decides not to take the shot. And her number two then, from off screen, takes the shot, saves Shaw, sets off the fight. And it's it's kind of a fun moment. But I think they should have given us some more setup talking about what a crack shot he is. And it probably would have justified better him suddenly doing that from off screen. Let me yes and you and say that the guy that you're talking about with the giant like dot face tattoos is Reba McIntyre's boyfriend, bitch. Oh, shit. Good for you, man. Do you know what we didn't talk about in the carriage chase scene? How those were the worst lines in the whole movie. The delivery Mm. on every line in the carriage chase scene is, bad. is yeah. winking, baring its teeth at the camera the yeah. whole time. The whole time. I don't know what was going on, if they were fighting with the director that day. 
horrible reads I, all around. I felt like it was if Chat GPT wrote a pirate movie during that scene and <laughs> the actors were just like displaying it, that. It was a sitcom like there was they were waiting to have a laugh track put in. <laughs> it was very like weird pause, weird inflection. We didn't talk about this on air with Samurai Cop, but some of the scenes in Samurai Cop where the main actor intentionally saying lines poorly to fuck up so that he wouldn't use them in a form of malicious compliance. So maybe some of these lines were just malicious compliance. Right. I'm thinking about that more and more in, in <laughs> horrible parts of movies of like, I wonder if this was on purpose. So, all right. So this is this is Block Blister Month. This is where they spend a lot of money and they got a little money back. And yeah, so we had a uh, we had a budget of ninety eight million for Cutthroat Island, which honestly, for what we got, feels about right. A hundred million dollars, nineteen ninety five. Lots of big explosions. Lots of models. Lots of explosions. MGM. You know, um, a lot. It's a period piece. That's lots of costumes that are very expensive. Yes, it's true. Layers, However, lots of layers, rewrites, Buckles. including the million dollars that the director paid out of his own pocket. Oof. Yeah. Where was that worth it? Well, uh, what did MGM get back? A domestic opening of two point three million and a total worldwide box office of ten. Ouch. Did they advertise for this? Well, advertising isn't included in the budget, so add whatever that was on top of the ninety-eight they spent on making it for that box office of ten. Yeah, honestly. With if it had a an opening of two point three million in a box office of ten, what the fuck happened? Three weeks? Did something huge come out the week after it? Oh yeah, you know what else came out Christmas uh nineteen ninety five? Toy Story Jumanji oh, yeah. Father no, of the Bride is... Part Two Heat. So these these actually all predate wow. Goldeneye. This release Waiting December. to Exhale. Yeah, this released <laughs> December twenty second, but November 22nd was Toy Story, December 15th, Jumanji, November 17th, GoldenEye, Casino, November 22nd, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls on November 10th. Wow. Dracula Dead and Loving It on December 22nd. Oh, I love that movie. Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, uh, year. November, 95. December 1995 was just an absolute punch out fest of films. Wow. And then here's Cutthroat Island with its another one vibe. All right, guys. Grab a towel. Get dry. You've been wet long enough. I need to know from 1995, Cutthroat Island, starring Gina Davis and Papa Modine. Jay, would you watch it again? I really liked pirate films when I was younger, and so it's no surprise that I'd watch this. I wanted to like this film and I am not really sold on Gina Davis as an action star. I, I guess I think she has her moments, but overall, eh. however, as I gushed earlier, Frank Langella is just such a fucking awesome villain. It is worth watching this movie for his villainy alone. He leans into being evil, chews through every scene. I absolutely love it. And so for him alone, yes. I would watch Cutthroat Island again. 
Soup? But Dave, <laughs> what about you? 1995's Cutthroat Island. Would you watch it again? Oh, Simple man. for Skeletor. I, you know what? I, I loved this movie as a kid. I love pirate movies in general. I love pirates in general. I have a fucking History of Pirates podcast in my playlist right now. And this movie, in a lot of ways, kind of makes me sad. Because... As I've kind of been going out about for a while here now, it just it put a bunch of things in it that it qu- didn't quite know why it was in it. Case, you actually mentioned The Quick and the Dead earlier when we were talking. And I was thinking about that movie a lot as I was watching this movie tonight. Because whereas... Literally. Yes, because whereas The Quick and the Dead felt like a movie that watched a lot of Western movies and then made them in a newer style because it understood what those scenes were supposed to be for. Cutthroat Island felt like they watched a bunch of pirate movies and then made them again with no understanding of what they needed to be put into the film for. And it was really disappointing. But also, there was some goddamn skill that went into the explosions of this film. Yeah. The set pieces are really well made. Yeah. you know what? I love a monkey that apparently understands English perfectly and has a sense of comedic timing. So that makes one of us. I know you hate the monkey. I love the monkey. So the smile never reached his eyes, Dave. <clears throat> I mean, no, showing their teeth is a sign of aggression. That was not a good thing. Mine too. So I think when I am in the mood for a Pirates of the Caribbean, but do not want to actually deal with Johnny Depp. I might put on Cutthroat Island and watch it again. Oh, oh, oh. really? Yeah, I'm never going to be happy with what's on there, but I think it's a good one to not quite pay attention to. Fair, fair. You start hearing explosions, you turn your head. Exactly. But Case, you chose this for us this week, so it comes back to you. Is Matthew Modine's face and Gina Davis's chest enough? Would you watch Cutthroat Island again? I'd never seen this film. I never watched it as a kid. First viewing, absolutely. I was questioning whether this is could, should be considered a bad movie. I don't think this is a bad movie. I think this is better than most like Disney live action movies out there. I don't. Okay, when I stopped watching them, so like in the early aughts, so the yeah, action that's, that's was pretty nonstop. They weren't afraid to show dead people like they had decomposing bodies in cages and shit. They kill people. They're definitely dead. They make ball sack joke when Gina Davis steals the the balls out of this guy's gun. She's like, oops, got your balls (laughs) and gets chased to the town square, whatever. They have this great long shot of her on a horse running over a sandbar that looks sick as fuck and then. Her stunt double definitely dives off the horse to tackle a guy and then she kicks the shit out of him. It was it was nonstop. And I loved it. They didn't waste a lot of time on the talkie bits. And when they did, it was Papa Modine stealing shit from bitches, you know, slapping dudes around in jail from the inside. Yeah, I would absolutely watch this again. I had a lot of fun. Gina Davis's boobs again deserve their own listing in this film they were doing the work that was to keep all the boys entertained and some of the girls too i was entertained they were 
they were out there. Side note, real quick. Um, at one point, uh, her number two guy, what's his name? Something pool. Mr. Glasspool. Glasspool. Yeah. At one point in the prep for the final battle, we see him loading an eight-barreled fuck everything over their gun. Does he ever use that? No. What the fuck, man? Don't I know. don't do that. I know. I, I know. What I know. I want to see that. Dave, it's been thirty years. You can't. Well, that's the verdict. I am shocked to say three out of three of us Didn't would watch Cutthroat Island again. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you think it's actually a bad movie? I don't think it deserves to be on this list, but um, it did bomb. Yeah. So, yikes. Well, let's see, Dave. You proved that you've got your sea legs. Let's see if you've got your cinema legs. What are you going to bring for us next week? You know, it, it kind of feels thematically appropriate because... Cutthroat Island is a whole bunch of sort of generic-ass piratey characters. And next week, I'm going to bring the latest in a long line of Hollywood trying to exploit one of the most famous public domain characters, Robin Hood. When we watch the 2018 version where Taron Egerton takes on the role with Jamie Foxx's fucking Little John. I would rather watch the Kevin Costner, please. No, no, <laughs> please. No, is that the guy from Baby Driver? No, that's the guy from Kingsman. Is the guy from the Kingsman different from the Baby Driver man then? Yes. Oh shit! Well, Casey's gonna learn who is in a movie next week. In the meantime, follow us on Instagram at Casey.Cinema. Like us on Facebook sh.ttycinema. Um, I don't know. Why don't you give us a couple doubloons on uh, Patreon slash Shitty Cinema if you like what you hear? and peepshittycinema.com. Check the show notes for those links, and in the meantime, let's turn out the lights. Ask our dad why he wants us to shave him. Why? <laughs> and maybe just, like, draw on something. Keep a pen on you. Huh?